Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. We give God the glory. How many give God the glory? Amen. We're not going to let you even be depressed in peace. Amen. We're going to make you tormented while you're depressed. Amen. What a blessing. I just love that. I couldn't even be depressed in peace. That's a good problem. Amen. We're going to love on you. Tell the person next to you, we love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Amen. More than we could ever even believe. Amen. Once again, for those that are first-time guests, we're glad you're here. Those that are watching online, on live stream, we're glad you're here. How many came for some spiritual food this morning? Amen. I did. We had a great first service. How many have ever looked at somebody's life and thought, why are they so blessed? Why are they so happy all the time? Why, are they, why does it seem like they're always victorious? Now, I didn't say that they had everything together, but you look at someone's life and you see those things. How many could say that? You look at someone, they've, they've got the favor of God on them, they're blessed. It seems like they're no matter what they go through, they're always making it. They're always you have to have a good attitude. If you've ever wondered why people are like that, I believe I have the answer. And everybody in here can have that kind of life, an overcoming life. But it has a lot to do with our words and what we speak over our lives. Amen? How many know the tongue is a powerful thing? And this body, the Bible talks about in James that the, the tongue is the most difficult thing to tame. It's like a wildfire. So when we think about our tongues and talking and words, a lot of times we, and many of you have heard the, probably the most ridiculous statement ever said, and we believed it till we got older, was sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's something you believe as a kid, but as you get older, you realize that is definitely not true. Because sticks and stones and scars heal, but words seem to continue to go on for a long, long, long time. And if you think about the origin of who we are, there's a reason for that. Because God said in the beginning, let there be light. He spoke and, and light came. So words are so powerful. Today, what has changed Jawan and Mike, what has changed me, what has changed so many people in this place is God's word. The words spoken in his word. Amen. So I want to I speak today about a message that you want to put up on the screen called Speak Life to Those Dry Bones. Amen? And we're going to look in just a moment at the book of Ezekiel. How many are familiar with the story of the dry bones? Let me see your hand. See how many of church people I've got that have been in church for a while. If you haven't, that's fine. It's one of the most powerful, coolest stories in the Old Testament. But we're going to see here in a moment that basically there's, there's a valley of dry bones and there's, those bones signify lives, situations, things that we go through. And God tells us that there's a power to speak over those situations, and they can change. But how many know that our body is made up of a lot of bones? How many have ever broke a bone? How many ever broke a bone in here? Bones are fragile. Our, bones, our bodies are full of them. There's hundreds of bones in our bodies. And... Um, Bones are, are very important and very strong and very uh, uh, vital to our lives, obviously. And they'll be the last thing left after we're gone. 
We're going to go, our spirit's going to go, eventually our flesh is going to decay and bones will be left. And then eventually, after a long time, they'll eventually turn back to dust. Eventually, that takes a long time. But those bones are, are there, and I want to think about some of the bones that we have in our body to give us a little understanding of kind of where this is going. You know, you've got the tailbone Christian. The tailbone Christian is the one who's always sitting on his tail and never does anything for God. How many don't want to be a tailbone Christian? Then you got the finger bone Christian. Let me know what the finger bone Christian is. Pointing fingers at everybody. Always pointing the fingers. Never taking responsibility for their own actions. Then you got the jawbone Christian. The jawbone Christian. The jawbone's always moving. Always talking. Always running off at the mouth. Uh, I like it. It says, puts his mouth into motion before his brain is in gear. Amen. Spreads gossip, all those kind of things. Then you got the hip bone Christians. Some of y'all were the hip bone Christians and you didn't know it. We were taking up the offering and your hip bone was sitting so hard on your wallet that you couldn't get it out. Amen. <laughs> then you got some that are the wishbone Christian. You know, you remember the wishbone? Try to pull off the bone and see if you get the bigger side. The wish is like, I just wish things were better. I wish things would change. I wish. And there's lots of Christians like that, right? All those different bones. But there's also two bones that we want to be. One is the backbone Christian. How many want to have a backbone? When you say they got a backbone, that means they stand up. They stand up for what's right. They stand up for what's godly. And God wants us to be backbone Christians. Then he wants us to be knee-bone Christians. That we know how to get on our knees and pray and seek God's face. Amen? Father, for just a few minutes this morning, I bless every man, woman, child, teenager that's in this place. And I pray that our minds could be arrested just for a moment. Because, God, you can literally change our lives this morning. You can literally change our circumstances. Things can literally turn around today, Father, if we get this revelation from your word. And I just pray that you anoint it and I come against every demonic force of darkness. Every spirit of witchcraft, every spirit of divination, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear, every spirit of religion. We bind those things and we know that they're disarmed on the cross of Calvary. And we pray that your word would come alive today. And Lord, something would happen in our spirits. Something would change. Our circumstances would change because of your powerful word. And we declare that this morning and we receive what you have for us. Let our ears be open, Father, to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I want to look at Ezekiel 37. And as you think again back to why some people seem like they're victorious and why it seems like they have more favor, I just want to give you a newsflash. Everybody has problems. We tend to think, well, they are better off and they're more favored and they have a more victorious life because they don't have as many problems as I have. That's an error. Many times people who are the most victorious are the ones who've been through the most. So it's not about that. The Bible says in Matthew that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Everybody gets wet. Everybody has problems. Everybody has struggles. The question is, what do we do with them? See, there's no difference in here today. Where you were born, what, what color your skin is, what, what nation you came from, what, what your parents came up with, what you, what you did as a child. None of that matters in the sense of, the, of problems. We all have problems. We all have circumstances. Our lives, as we're going to see here in a moment, are a bunch of dry bones. And, and, and let me tell you something. All of us have bones here, right? Anybody here not have any bones? 
as, men, as much as you have bones in your body, you have bones that are problems. No matter how overcoming you are, as a pastor, I have bones that need to be resurrected. I have dry bones that need to be spoken to. There are things all in our lives that need to be changed, that, that maybe even if they're good, they could be better. Whatever it is, there are situations that today, for many of you, think you seem like it's dead. You may be here and your spouse isn't. You may be here and your spouse is. You may feel like your marriage is dead and it's over. You may feel like your finances are, are broken and they'll never be fixed again. You'll never get back what you have lost. You may feel like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your loved one is too far gone today. And there's no way they can be, come back from, from the damage that's been done. All those things are bones in our lives. Dry bones that literally, physically, really, in reality, without God, it's true. There's no hope. How many are thankful today that we are in a place where God's word says that what's impossible with man is possible with God? Is anybody thankful for that this morning? That no matter what situation we're facing, we have a Bible that, even if you don't believe it's true, we have a Bible that tells us he can change things. So Ezekiel 37, we're going to read here, and it says in the Bible that, that God takes Ezekiel, this major prophet. He's, he's one of the major prophets. Him and Isaiah and Jeremiah are the major prophets of the Bible. And, and I've given you the, the lead into this. He shows them this valley of, ex, of millions of bones. It's not skeletons. Skeletons is the whole body together. We all studied that in school, right? It's not skeletons. It's, bo it's heaps of bones. Skulls are over there. Femurs are over there. Shin bones are over here. Hands are over there. I mean, it's, it's just bones everywhere. Why? Because they've already died. The skin's already been gone. Everybody ever walked by an animal and it's been dismembered by a vulture. Which is a whole other message in itself that God would have a, a garbage pickup. That sends those vultures down to eat the flesh off the and get it down to the bone, right? Clean up the streets. But though these animals have already come. The situation is so bad that it's not, just a, it's not just a dead person that maybe we could beat on the chest and breathe into, you know, give them, give them CPR. They're already dead. The skin's already gone. And it's not even a skeleton. I'm talking about situations that are so bad that you can't even, you couldn't even, fit, if you grabbed a whole heap of them together, you couldn't put a body together. It's bad. It's a bad situation. That's what Ezekiel's looking at. That's what we look at in our lives. That's what the world's looking at today in their own personal lives. And they, and they sometimes look and say, there's no hope for my situation. There, there's no hope. This, this can't change. Nothing. And so this is where we pick up verse 1 of Ezekiel 37. And he says in verse 1, the, the hand of the Lord came upon me. First of all, how many want the hand of the Lord to be upon you? I want the hand of the Lord to be upon me. And he brought me out into the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down, here it is, in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. How many can visualize that with me? Could have put one, put one up there, but your imagination will be better. And then he caused me to pass all around him, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And watch this. And indeed, they were very dry. I like to say they were very dead. The drier the bones get, the deader, deader it is. Okay? So they're... They're dismembered, they're dry, and they're not just dry, they're very dry. So in other words, in his best way he can, 
He is saying this is the most horrible, absolute worst situation it can be. How many have ever thought this is the worst, most horrible, absolute worst situation it can be? How many, how many honest people do I have here? Okay, now next verse. And he said, son of man, here's the question, and here's the question for you. Look at me for a second. This is the question from God. Not from me to you, God to you. God to your situation. God to whatever it is you're facing today. He has a question. Can this messed up, dead situation live? God is saying to you, can your situation change? That's the question God's asking you. And you and you and you and you and everybody. And you have to answer for you. Can this change? Can faith arise in me for it to change? And he answers a very politically correct answer. How many know politically correct? You said try to say the right thing that sounds good. But it's actually a double answer. And he says, he says, God, only you know. And that's a good answer. So basically he's pushing it off on God. But then the truth is, what he's really saying is, God... You, only you know, and if you're not involved, this isn't even a question. If you're, not, if you're not in the equation here, I might as well not even waste my time answering you. But since you're asking, then you know because you're God. Okay? Next verse. So he says, and this is what, what speak means, prophesy. This is important because when we prophesy, it's, it's not like, like you think of some prophet. or This is you speaking. Prophecy means to speak a future event into place. Okay? So this is you deciding that my situation can change, and I can prophesy to, the, to, the, to my situation, and it can change. So he says, prophesy to these bones. And the interesting thing is, if you're a believer here and you know the Bible very well, God always makes things very difficult before he makes them very awesome. He, he, and here's why. Because he wants the glory. You might be in your situation right now and you think, God, why have you let this get so bad? God is saying, don't worry. The worse it gets, the better the testimony. The more dire it gets, the more glory I'll get. The only thing that has to happen is you have to stay in the fight. Let me just throw this out there real quick, and I'm going to say it at the end. I want to say it twice. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. We win. We win. Can you with conviction in your heart tell the person next to you, we win? Maybe if you didn't even have conviction in your heart, speak it anyways. You know what it means? It means the, it's a fixed fight. All you got to do is follow God's word. We're going to win. So no matter how bad your situation gets, God's in control. You heard a testimony today of a couple that we're going to pray for again this morning after this service. That we're going to believe God for a miracle. They need a miracle. She has already had a heart transplant and she needs to get a second one. But I am believing, and I'm not saying this to sound spiritual. I am believing with all my heart that she's going to get a second transplant. But it's going to be from God. And God can put a new heart in her body. Does anybody else believe that? If you don't believe that God can do that, then when we get to the altar call time, you get out to your car and get out of here. Because I need faith. Because I, I believe and I can see and I can speak by faith the news showing up to that hospital. 
and saying, we cannot explain this. We don't understand this. All the stuff has happened that it's happened because it's been documented. And they're going to have it all documented that she got a transplant and that got, heart got worse. And they're going to have to give her another one. But we went to do these tests and we cannot explain this by physical science. We just, this doesn't make any sense. She has the heart of a newborn baby and we're not going to have to operate. Does anybody believe that God can do that? I believe. I know you believe. That's what we're talking about. We're talking, we have a perfect example here today. We don't need to use some example of somebody else. We have a woman who has no hope physically because she's already had a transplant once. What's the hope of the second one working? She needs a miracle. That's the way your situation looks today. It's dry bones. But God says, all I need, I don't need anything else but some faith. And he even said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. I don't, God says, I don't even need a lot of faith. I just need a little bit of faith. And I can do anything. So I'm trying to get you to raise your faith this morning. This isn't a motivational speech. This is believing God at his word. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, and this is what you need to start to do right now in this message. You need to speak to those dry bones and you need to say this, hear the word of the Lord. Not hear what I think, not hear what the doctors say, not hear what my neighbor says, not hear what even my negative thinking says. Hear the word of the Lord. God's word cannot lie. God's word cannot fail. He says, you bones, listen to the word of God. That's why when you hear us say, we don't believe the doctor's report. We believe the report of the Lord. And we will believe that until the day we die. We have had people healed in this church, and we've had people die in this church. And we've prayed the same way for both. It's not our job to, to do the healing. It's our job to do the believing. It's our job to do the praying. And we're going to believe it every single time. If you get sick in this place, we're going to believe for a miracle. Amen. We're not going to stop. Let's keep reading. So he says, then God says, say to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you. In the beginning, God created Adam. He was, he was, he was just dust, and he blew breath into Adam, and he became a man. Do you believe that? That's how it happened. So that same breath that God spoke with, he's saying, I'll do, the, I'll do the, the miracle working. I need you to do the speaking. He says, I'll breathe in and you. Now, this is where I show you that it's a fixed fight. This is like the story in Numbers where he says, go spy out the land I am giving you. Spoiler alert. I'm giving it to you. All you got to do is come back with a good report. And two of them did. He says, I'll cause this breath to come in and you will live. God is saying your situation will change. It can change. It will change if you'll just do what I tell you to do. Come here with me. Next verse. I, and then he says, this is what I love about God. God takes a bad situation and he doesn't just put a band-aid on it. He doesn't just fix it. He makes it better. These bones were dead. They were dry. They had no tendons. Sinews is another word for tendons. He said, I'll put tendons on you and flesh on you. I'll cover, with, cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you, and you shall live. Say that with me. I shall live. 
Amen. How many are thankful today that no matter what we go through, we're going to live forever in heaven with Jesus? That ought to keep us happy no matter what we're going through. This is temporary. And here's why he does this. Why does God test us? Why does God allow things to happen? So that people will know that he is the Lord. If you're in a bad situation right now, you're a candidate for a miracle, and the miracle will glorify God. So look at it that way. You shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied. You know what you can do? I preached a message one time. It's amazing what God can do when you just obey. If you just say, he says prophesying, instead of of Ezekiel saying, but God, these bones, I don't even see another bone that even looks like another bone. What do you mean? He just said, speak. He just said prophesy, and he said, so I prophesied. Today, the ones who are going to get victory and see miracles are the ones who are going to open their mouths and speak over your situations. The ones who don't speak over your situations, your situation is not going to change. And let me give you some news. If it does, it's going to get worse. And I'll get into that in a second. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied. See, God is always just looking for you to just, just step out in faith. As I began to speak, I heard a noise. You see the scripture there? I heard a noise, and the noise was rattling. He is praying. He sees nothing but a heap of dry bones, and something comes inside of him that says, God is able to do this. Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. Matter of fact, it's better that I close my eyes so I don't look and I can't see what's going on. Lord God, in Jesus' name, I prophesy over this, and rattling begins to happen. And then as he begins to hear the rattling, faith rises up inside of him. He says, something's happening. I don't know what it is, but some bones are coming together. Something's starting to happen. I'm starting to see God move. I'm starting to hear the wind of the Holy Spirit blow. What's going on? And those bones begin to come together bone to bone. Bone to bone. God begins to do a miracle. Indeed, as I looked, the flesh and the sinews came upon them. The skin covered them, but there was still no breath in them. Some of you today Leave that just for a second. Some of you today have learned how to speak over your situation, and it has changed, and you've heard the bones rattle, and you've seen things come together, but it's still not alive. In other words, it still hasn't come to full fruition to what God wants it to be. So today, you might be looking at dry bones scattered all over the place. You might be at the worst situation possible, or you might be someone who has been coming along and seeing it come together, and now the last thing you need to do is what it says here. He says there's no breath in them. So next verse, please. He says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time in your situation you said, thus says the Lord, to your situation? You know what we do? We talk about the situation. We talk about how bad it is. We talk about how lost our family members are. We talk about how bad our finances are. We talk about how bad our our marriage is. Instead of talking about your marriage, you need to start speaking to your marriage. Instead of talking about your finances, you need to start speaking to your finances. Instead of talking about how unhealthy you are, you need to start speaking to your health. Speak life. 
That's why the, 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 the topic says speak life over these dry bones. Not just speak, but speak life. And then it says, come from the four winds. I was preaching Wednesday night in South Dallas. Keep praying for all of our churches every week. Amen? God's doing a great work in South Dallas. And with John and Ceci, we, they have a building. And the building reminded me a lot of our first building in Londonderry. Very similar in size. Sanctuary, the prayer room, the nursery. And I remember I told them Wednesday night, I preached this message on Wednesday, and then the Lord told me to preach it again today here to you. And I remember praying in Londonderry over by McMath Middle School with just a few people starting that church off and being in the, in the Sunday school, the nursery, sorry, that was the prayer room that becomes the nursery that goes back to the prayer room that goes back to the nursery because we didn't have enough space to have both. All by myself, my wife in another chair, and I said, Lord, bring people in from the north and the south and the east and the west. We didn't see anything. But in my spirit, I saw this. In the flesh, I saw emptiness. But in the spirit, I saw this. And then not only did I see this, God has taken it to more than I could see. I didn't see many churches. I didn't see churches in other countries. I didn't see all those things. God will do better. God will do more. He'll do exceedingly, abundantly beyond what you can ask or think if you'll just step out in faith and speak to your situation. This isn't some kind of like motivational speech. This is God telling us what to do. This is God's word. His word is more alive today than it was in the book of Ezekiel. So he says, speak, and it says, breathe on these slain. Once again, in other words, speak life over that dead situation. I don't know if you realize that, but God is in the, God, in the business of raising the dead. How many dead people did I have here? How many were dead before you met Jesus? Everybody raise your hand because you were. Some of you might be dead still. God can resurrect you today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, he has resurrected you. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're still dead. And I prophesy over you today that you'd have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and you can come alive and have a new life and be a new creation. And all things can change. But we were all dead. So God's in the business of raising the dead. Death doesn't scare God because he overcame it. Amen? Last verse. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them. Now, now that thing, that situation, that marriage, those finances, that loved one, that, that physical problem, now it's breathing. Now it's, now, it's, now it's coming alive, and it's standing up, and it's an exceeding great army. Do you believe today that God can do great, mighty, powerful, exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or think in your life? Do you think he can do more than you deserve? Does anybody walk around like me and say, Lord, I don't deserve this? I don't deserve this life. I don't deserve this forgiveness. I don't deserve to be used by you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Is anybody else thankful like me? Is anybody else celebrating this Christmas season knowing what the real gift is? Amen? The real gift is that baby that came down from heaven and lived a perfect life and went through hell and on earth for us so that we could receive the gift of salvation. Amen? Now write this down as I get into the gist of the message. 
we don't understand how powerful our words are. We don't. We don't. You know why? Because if we did, we would think about them more. What's the old saying? Think before you speak. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Right? Someone's got to get that jawbone fixed. Amen? We're jawing too much. Amen? Hello? Got quiet in here now, didn't it? Here's the, here's the verse that will rock your world. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Everything you say out of your mouth. That's why I said sticks and stones will break my bones. That's a lie. When you speak something, it's powerful. And so what we need to do is change how we speak. How many in here can be honest and, and raise your hand with me and say, I speak negative things? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you speak negative things and you're lying. I'm not saying you do it a lot because I hope I don't do it very much. But all of us are guilty of looking at the situation sometimes before we get in the Word and get in prayer and we're in the flesh and we speak negative over that situation before we come around and realize that that negative speaking is not going to help the situation. All we're doing is being Captain Obvious. Right? We don't need to be Captain Obvious. God already knows the situation. He wants to change it. But the change starts with us. And so our words are powerful. And many people speak negative things. And listen, like Jawan said in her testimony, it's not all your fault. Honestly, we have to get to an age where we own up to it. But many of you in this place maybe were raised, all you ever heard in your life was negative. All you ever heard was the glass was half empty. And so you've had to change your mentality to stop talking that way. It's how you talk. It's how you think. But we got to change that stinking thinking. And we got to start speaking life over the situations. Sitting there and saying, boy, that sure is dead. That sure does stink. Sure is ugly. Sure is worthless. Doesn't help. You sit there and talk that about your marriage, your finances, your health, ain't going to change nothing. Matter of fact, it's just going to get worse. Because look, this is an interesting thing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Watch this. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So we're going to eat. We're going to live what we, what we speak. So here's why when you look at someone's life and you see victory and you see favor and you see blessings, it's not that they're loved more by God. It's that they've got their tongue under control. And they've learned to speak to the situation the right way. Everybody in here has problems. Everybody in here needs help. That's why we're in church. Every one of us has situations that can be better. You might have a great marriage, but your kids might be lost. Your kids might be saved, but your parents are lost. Your parents might be saved, but you need a better job. You might have a great job, but you got some, everybody's got problems, and some people could check all the boxes. But here's the problem. Some people would check all the boxes even if the box wasn't checkable because they're negative, because they like misery. They like to be miserable. 
I know people that they just, it's just, there's no other way to, to say it. They like to be miserable. They like chaos. They don't function well with normality. I don't like to hang around those people. I like to minister to them and preach to them, but I don't like to be around them too much. I like to be around people who will see a dead body and say, that thing can live. See a dead marriage and say, you know what? Yeah, it's pretty bad, but it can change. See someone who's got cancer or a tumor or a, a, a disease that's, that's life-threatening and say, you know what? If you have that negative attitude, I don't want you coming to the hospital to visit me. Can I get an amen? I want someone to walk into that room that whether they believe it or not, they're going to tell me, you can live. You can get over this. God's going to heal you. Amen. They might not even believe it, but that's what I want to hear. Right? That's half the battle is believing. How many are getting something? Your words, what you speak over your situation. You're going to eat of that fruit. We need to speak to this city of Denton and declare it saved. We need to stop talking about how lost Denton is, how lost our city is, how messed up our schools are, and start saying Denton is for Jesus. I met with those pastors yesterday, and I told them, you need to start speaking life over your cities. You need to start declaring your city can be saved. You need to start declaring that converts are going to start coming through those doors. People's lives are going to be changed. Miracles are going to happen. People are going to get healed. You have to believe that. Otherwise, what are we doing? This isn't a social club. Have you noticed that? We have great fellowship. We have great people, loving people. But this is not a social club. This is a soul-winning agency. We are in the business of changing lives. We are in the business of telling people their situation can turn around. This isn't a place where you come get fixed up and feel better. This is a place where sometimes it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel bad because God's working on you and getting you off your spirit of laziness and getting you off your spirit of complacency and telling you you need to go do something for God. You need to share your faith with somebody. Jesus is coming soon. Hell is about to break out. We need people to know Jesus is real. Speak life. Speak life. Amen. Over these people. No matter how bad. Listen, I could give this microphone right now to so many people in here that it looked like it was over. Over. The 10 count was about to hit, but God stepped in. In, in, in finances, in health, in marriages, in relationships, in all these things. We need to speak over our marriage. We need to speak. You need to start praying Instead of saying, oh, I wish, my, I wish my husband would give me flowers. I wish he was a better husband. Oh, Lord, I speak life over my husband. You're going to make him feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit to think about me on a day that's not our anniversary and get me flowers, Lord. I speak that he's going to become that mighty man of God that you want him to be. I speak that he's going to become compassionate. I speak that he's speak life. If you're stating the obvious, it's not doing anything. You got to speak to those. Let me tell you one more thing I want you to speak to today. You got to speak to that spirit of condemnation. Too many of us live in condemnation. We constantly are feeling like we're not good enough. And that spirit of condemnation is never God. Never. Jesus said, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you hear that voice of condemnation, that's the devil. And the Bible says you resist that devil and he'll flee. Conviction is what God will give you. 
Conviction will come on you and say, I can pray more. I can give more. I can go more. I can love more. I can help more. I can do more. Because that conviction comes on and says, what can I do to give back to what God gave me? Does anybody in here believe nothing is impossible for God? Does anybody believe that? Not some things. I don't look back on my life and go, you know what? About 17 out of 20 times God's come through. Anybody who looks back in reality and truth on their past in God, it's always 100%. God never fails. He always comes through. He can't fail. He can't lie. He's just waiting for us to believe he's able. God, you're able to resurrect these dry bones. One last verse. I'll close with this. Romans 4, 17. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I have used this verse for 30 years. It works. When we started this church, again, in that nursery, praying, there was none of you. But I had to see by faith that which wasn't as though it was. But let me give you a newsflash. This isn't what I believe for either. What I believe for was way greater than this. So I haven't seen yet what I know God wants to do. But he's working. He's resurrecting. He's putting the bones back together. He's making something. He says to Abraham, God who gives life, see this is it, life to the dead. You know when you're going to really start seeing fruit in your life? When you realize how dead you were. When you realize how lost you were. When you realize and don't forget, some Christians have been saved so long they forget how much they stunk. We were all Lazarus in the grave. When Jesus came to us, none of us smelt good. None of us looked good. We were actually worse off than Lazarus. Dead, dead. Remember she said, Jesus, he'd been in there for four days. He stinks. He stinketh in the King James. Amen? He's dead. He's four days dead. He's not 20 minutes, you know, seeing the light. He's four days dead. We were dead in our trespasses. But God... When you begin to think what God did in you, that somebody, listen closely, somebody spoke life over you. Somebody. Somebody said, I'm not going to see Blake the way he sees himself. That evangelist that preached Jesus to me spoke life over me. Somebody spoke life over you that caused you to breathe and all of a sudden, you came to life, and now you don't have it all together, but you're alive. And we can speak to those things that are not as though they were. But you got to, it's not mental, it's spiritual. You got to go there. You got to see that loved one saved. You got to see those finances resurrected, not just to pay the bills, but to be a blessing to the church to be a blessing to others, to leave something to your kids and your grandkids. you got to look at your physical body and say, God, you can heal this body. 
You can do it. If anybody can do it, it's you. As you close your eyes this morning and bow your heads, it's a fixed fight. The battle's already won. All throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, story after story, God says, I've already won the battle. This is not your battle. I've already won it. All you got to do is walk it out. All you got to do is walk it out. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to tell you a story I haven't told for a while. It's very quick, very short, but it's a great analogy. If you're old enough to remember or see the movie Ben-Hur with Charleston Heston, I know I'm aging myself right there, but maybe you've at least heard of the movie. Charleston Heston did the movie, and it was way before they had all this technology for digitalizing and editing and everything. They had to actually film with real animals and real, real you know, everything was real. So they do their own stunts, and Charleston Heston is going to do his chariot race at the end of the movie. And he gets on that chariot, and he tells the producer, I don't know how to ride this thing. I've never ridden a chariot before. And the producer says, don't worry, Charleston. All you got to do is stay in the, in the, in the chariot, and we're going to make you win the race. We're going to edit it out and everything. When this movie's over, you're going to win the race. That's what God's telling you today. Just stay in the boat. Just stay in the chariot. Just stay in my word. Just stay under my protection. I'll finish the race. I'll go before you. I'll, I'll complete, as the Bible says, that thing which I've began in you. He says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. In just a few moments, we're going to open these altars, and we're going to take a few moments to speak over some things because I, I have no doubt God has spoken to you. I know there's going to be fruit from this message and some things are going to change and it's going to start with you stopping speaking negative things over your lives and start speaking God's word. The Bible says, God's word says, thus says the Lord. But before we do that, you have no power, you have no ability today to do any of that without Jesus. I can do all things through Christ which gives me strength. The name that is above every name, Jesus, is the name that we pray in. Every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess. Every demonic spirit has to flee in the name of Jesus. And we're going to pray that in a moment. But if you don't know Jesus, you'll end up being beat up by the demons like they did in the Bible. You can't say, I believe, or I, sp I speak this in the name of Jesus that the pastor believes in. You have to say, I speak this in the name of Jesus who lives in me. And the only way he can live in you is if you're born again. You were born once through your mother's womb. The second time you're born again spiritually. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. He's the only door. He's the way. Today is your day to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I believe that you rose from the dead and I believe that my sins are forgiven today because of what you did. If you're here today, I'm not asking you to be a member of VWO. I'm not asking you to be a member of our church or to change religion or whatever you think you would call it. I'm asking you, what will you say when you stand before a holy and living God that expects something in return for your actions? 
and none of us are good. Jesus said, while you were still sinners, I died for the ungodly. How many today could say, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I want to today. I'm making this very clear. You want to believe on Jesus, and you want your name to be written in the book of life, and you want to be forgiven for your sins, just lift up your hand. Right now, just put it up all over this place. I see your hand. I see your hand. How many more? This is the, this is the reason we're here. I see your hand. This, we're not here just to gather together. We're here because we want people to be saved. We do outreaches. We do one-on-one evangelism. We pass out tracts. We pray. You can put your hand down. God bless you. I'm just going to wait just a moment more. I'm going to give you some real, real news this morning. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. One of the biggest lies of the devil is that you're not ready. Some of you right now are hearing that voice. You're not ready. You got too many things you got to get straight. That's a lie of the devil. You can't clean a fish until you catch it. God can't clean you until he catches you. He's calling today. Revelation says he's knocking right now at the door of your heart. He's graceful, he's merciful. He's the ruler of this world, but he is not going to force himself on you. You have to accept him. Jesus said, if you believe in me, though you were dead, you shall live. All you got to do is believe. Nothing else you can do to, to accept it. It's a gift. It's a gift. There's no better time of the year to talk about it than now. It's a gift. All you got to do is accept it and receive it. What is it? Jesus took your place. How many more? I'm just going to wait just a few more minutes. Today is the day of your salvation. The Bible says today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Just say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? Remember me. I want, I want to change my life today. Just put it up and put it down. I may never see you again. You may never step in a church again. Today's the day. Listen, God died for you regardless. You're the one that's going to win or lose with this. He gives you a choice today. Maybe you're here and you knew the Lord at some point, but today you're not walking in the will of the Lord. You've backslidden. You've gone away. You've, you've gone back to your old ways. You're bitter. You're angry. You're upset. You're frustrated. You're not living the life that God wants you to live. I want to pray for you too. Would you, would you be honest enough to raise your hand and say, I want to rededicate my life today to Jesus. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I see your hands. I see your hands. Hands for rededication. Amen. In this spirit of reverence, let's just stand real quick all over this place. Please stay in this spirit of reverence. We take this very seriously. This is, this is God right now speaking to you, and all I can do is tell you about it. God can change your situation, but it starts with surrender. It starts with dying to yourself and saying, Lord, I, I'm not worthy of this life, but you, you've given me life through your grace. If you raise your hand for either one of those things, we're going to pray, say a prayer for those watching online too. And you meant it. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to come grab you and pull you up here. If you meant it, if you really want to change your life today, I want you just to find that nearest aisle and step out of your seat and come down here to the altar. I want to pray with you. Just, just step out. Don't wait for somebody else. Amen. Just, just come. Just come this morning. Amen. Come on, church. Give them a big hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus. How many more? Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. 
Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Does he know you? Is your name in the book of life? Come on. Come on. Public confession. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Amen. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I fall short of your glory. None of us are worthy to stand in the presence of a holy God. But somehow, some way, by your grace, you made a way. And his name is Jesus. You took my place on that cross. You shed your blood fully obedient to take the wrath of God on your body for me so that when God looks at me he sees the blood of Jesus I accept that you took my place and I no longer belong to myself I belong to Jesus you have bought me with the blood of Jesus I give you my life today my heart, my mind and my soul please forgive me for all my sins Make me a new creation from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, the Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven this morning. How many are excited and thankful this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.